the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got a heat wave coming here in San Diego. It's going to be hot, hot, hot this weekend. And so I'm looking forward to a little beach time this weekend. And it's going to be hot, hot, hot on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Oh, they're doing everything that they can to try to tell you who Kamala Harris is. But will the real Kamala Harris get up off her back? And stand up for us. Uh, yeah, I went there. Uh, who knows the real Kamala Harris? Harmeet Dillon knows the real Kamala Harris, and she's going to be here to talk about that. What will America look like? What's the real deal? As as the left is trying to paint a picture of us as who Kamala Harris really is, uh, and in part to try to stop everybody from focusing on Biden and who's really at the top of the ticket, what what do we really need to be thinking about in terms of what America will look like if Donald Trump does not win re-election. It's one thing we talked about labels last night with a, with a new friend of ours, William Sylvanius on the show, talking about labels. Let's take some labels away and let's try to paint a picture. We hope to paint a picture for you tonight with our friend Don Jans, who wrote the book, The Road to Tyranny, as to what America will look like. Because the labels sometimes have people tuning out. What can we expect our lives and our country to look like if Trump does not win, we, win a re-election? And I'm thinking it ain't going to be looking too purdy. I'm glad to have you guys with me tonight, 888-344-1170, 888-344-1170. In spite of our great guests tonight, we will make some time to squeeze in a call or two, probably towards the end of the show, so do uh, feel free to give us a buzz here. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. We are streaming live right now on the Facebook page of The Answer San Diego, and I will be sharing it over to our little private Facebook group called Caniacs. And uh, the man who's with me, whether he's actually not on social media, so you want, you're not going to find him in our private little Facebook group, Caniacs. No, no, no. But you will find him here every night of the week, right by my side. Well, not really right by my side. He's actually in his own little room. He's practicing quite the social distancing from me because that's what radio producers do because they're important. Right. They can't be they can't be bumping up against the riff rap raff like those of us who are actually on the microphone. I'm talking about my man. It's DJ Potato Skins. I think they might have left DJ Potato DJ Potato Skins off the manifesto, but it'll be back. Winning, winning, winning. Couple of things. Yeah, I'm not on social media, though. Anxious, I might try out Parlor just to see what it's all about. Uh, two, uh, when one door shuts, another door opens, and I need to close the door in the studio. Yes. I just want to point that out because <laughs> yeah. I can't see you. <laughs> and three, what is America going to look like if Trump loses? I don't think it's a label. I think it's just if you pay attention, that's the way things pan out. Chicago nationwide.
Right. Well, I, I, that's a great picture. Uh, the reason why I said we got to throw out the labels is because people, you know, conservatives tend to throw out labels like they're Marxist, they're Marxist, they're Marxist. Well, a lot of people, if you've never read the Communist Manifesto, if you don't know, most of Americans don't even know who Karl Marx is, even though their kids are being taught Karl Marx it's in the schools. Fact. Yeah, but they don't know who that, who that is. So it's like I wanted to. I, so I reached out to my my expert in all things socialist and Marxist, Don Jans, to have him just paint a picture. And really, if if think about where we might be as a country, if Mitt Romney did that in 2012, and we're going to talk a little bit about Pierre Delecto a little bit later. Think about if John McCain had done that in 08, actually ask, ask some serious questions, actually painted a picture. He didn't have to explain to everybody who Barack Obama was and what a Marxist meant. He could have painted a picture as to what this country would look like. If a Barack Obama got elected, I like what you said. You, you, you've talked about it. I think it's very important. We always talk about this being the most important election when the most important election could have been keeping Barack Obama from ever taking office. And then this wouldn't be as critical as it is today. We wouldn't we would not have Black Lives Matter as an organization. We would not have Antifa. The first thing that he did was foster racial divisions. This was a man who ran. The first black president of the United States was elected by a majority of white people and the first thing, promising that all that he was going to lift the oceans or something and like, you know, uh, rise the tides or however he put it as though he was literally putting himself out there as God. And the first thing that he did was falsely accuse a Boston police officer of racism. It was day one. Of what he did. Um, and what what did Obama and Harris do? Uh, Obama. What did Biden and Harris do? First first thing that they came out in 24 hours, they come in and, and with, with their plan to seize complete control over everybody's lives with a Sharia. Because this is another reason why, we, we, you know, labels are important, but people tend to tune out. Um, instead of saying, because a lot of people are saying, oh, by, uh, I want to call him O'Biden. O'Biden and Harris come out today. Their first order of business is to to demand a control over our lives, a mask mandate. And everybody's pointing out their first order of business is to go Marxist. Well, again, a lot of people don't know what that, that label means. What does it mean to be Marxist? So let's put it this way. The first thing that they did was come out and demand a Taliban-like, a Sharia compliance requirement across the country that everybody wear a facial covering. Of course, they don't have any way to do this because no president of the United States, certainly not one, uh, somebody who's running for office has the right to mandate anything, but it's very telling, isn't it? Isn't it? And I got to thinking about it. This whole mask thing, just it's been sticking in my crawl and making me really angry from the jump. And for them, the first thing that they want to do, these are nothing but mind control devices. And I'm sick and tired of conservatives feeding into this crap. And quite frankly, I'm tired. Of, I'm just going to say it. I love my man, President Trump. But the, the response to Biden and Harris today with the Sharia like force compliance in order to control an entire 330 million Americans is not to say, hey, we thought a mask first. Okay, no, there is no requirement that is acceptable of any American citizen as to what fabric they should put over their body. If you're too scared to go leave your house that you might catch a virus. Don't leave your house. Don't leave your house. It is not acceptable that there's be these requirements on us. And when we had no idea in this world how HIV was contracted, we knew if you got it, it was a death sentence. We had no idea initially how it was contracted. We didn't start doing any of this business. And when we found out that it was contracted primarily by sex, was there attempts to force condoms on people? The same people coming out with these mask requirements are the same people, and I think it might even include Kamala Harris, who actually decriminalized. They made it they made it legal in the state of California for somebody to intentionally give HIV to another human being. 
So don't don't believe for a second that this has anything at all to do with public health. This is 100% about control. Think about that for a second. These are the same people that removed a law that made it illegal for you to intentionally give HIV, which is still manageable, but there is no cure for HIV. There's no vaccination for HIV. HIV came out in the 80s. We still don't have a vaccination. So it's legal for you to intentionally give somebody a deadly disease, but you got to wear a face mask. On top of it, these are the same people that are telling you it's your body, your choice, right? My body, my choice. Maybe, uh, you know, um, well, I don't want to get crude here, but, you know, how do, how, do we get, how do we get the unborn children in on this coronavirus thing? How do we get unborn children into it? Because maybe, because maybe then they might care about the lives of actually make it be about protecting lives. If, if, you know, the same people that are on board with Kamala Harris, by the way, who is on board with killing unborn children up into the birth canal in the moment of birth. You know, I agree. Maybe we shouldn't have kids because then, you know, we're protecting them, the, the, you know, potential born from getting COVID-19. Maybe we just shouldn't have kids or limit the amount of kids people should have. Well, right. Well, maybe if, if the, maybe if we can prove that unborn children are getting, you know, coronavirus, maybe then they might care about protecting that life. I don't know how we can get, we can get the the life, have them suddenly care about the lives of, of, of other human beings. You think about this. Kamala Harris is okay with partial birth abortion, with killing a human being that's only two inches away from breathing air outside of its mother. That's absolutely disgusting. So that's who comes out with his mask requirement today. A woman who's on board with that. Uh, let's think about something else. Um, these are the same people coming out today. Kamala Harris and O'Biden coming out today demanding masks who are okay with five-year-olds being given experimental drugs that will permanently mutilate and destroy their bodies. These transgender drugs, you're not yet. You're not allowed yet. If you're 60 years old and you got a positive test for coronavirus, you're not allowed to take a malaria drug that's sold over the counter around the world. But we're giving these experimental drugs to five year olds that permanently alter and mutilate their bodies. Don't tell me this is about a public health crisis. You disgust me. Doesn't fit their narrative, Andrea. Absolutely. So, you know, and so we Republicans need to be pushing back against these masks. I got a hero. I'm going to give it early. Uh, uh, I'm nominating this dude as a hero of the week. The Marion County deputies are ordered not to wear masks in Florida. Sheriff Billy Woods forbids his employees and those visiting his offices to wear masks in most circumstances uh, as Ocala wrestles with the mask mandate. Remember how last week we talked about, or might have been this week, that Scott Atlas, doctor from yes. Stanford University. Uh, Such was a great brought, appointment. Oh, brought, yeah, brought onto the task force. And he's under fire today. He's being told he doesn't know anything, that he's anti-science. <laughs> This is a man who is <laughs> an actual doctor. And but he actual, doesn't know science. And, but he doesn't know science. And he is one who says you don't put masks on healthy people. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Harmeet Dillon. We're going to get who is the real Kamala Harris? Because the left is trying to do to her like they did with Barack Obama. Not allowed to ask any questions. If you do, you're racist. And we're going to present her as uh, a blank slate. And we're going to tell you who she is and expect you to disbelieve it. Stay tuned. We're Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Super excited to have my next guest with me. She is uh, California's RNC National Committee woman, brilliant attorney, amazing political commentator. Many people talking about her appearance last night on Laura Ingram because as the left is trying to, they're trying to like a Barack Obama uh, Kamala Harris. Oh, oh, excuse me. Com- How does she? Kami? Kamala Harris? <laughs> However she pronounces it. See, you're not even allowed to mispronounce her name right. They're trying to do the same thing with her like they did with Barack Obama. We're not, pick somebody who's a minority, not allowed to criticize, trying to trying to tell us who she is, not allowed to ask any questions, trying to present her as being a moderate when she's far from it. And a few, a few people know her as well as my next guest, Harmeet Dillon, who is California's RNC National Committee woman and brilliant attorney and she's here to talk about Kamala Harris as well as update us I would love an update on uh, lawsuits that her her uh, law firm have been engaged in with Gavin Newsom but first let's start with Kamala Harris hi Harmeet Dillon welcome back to the Andrea K show thanks always happy to be here so Kamala Harris um, first of all were you surprised by that by that choice yeah, it was kind of because I thought that um, with all of her baggage and kind of negativity, they would have picked somebody with less baggage who was less likely to sort of dominate. But I guess at this point, dominating uh, Joe Biden is possibly what they need. So, Well, that that sparks another meme right there. <laughs> Because um, the memes were flying immediately about this woman. Uh, yeah, they're trying to present her. The Democrats are saying, how do they put it, uh, uh, that she's from the moderate wing. Um, I didn't really know the moderate wing of the Democrat Party and included abortion up until the moment of birth. Uh, denial of your Second Amendment rights. Um, let's see, what else is she? Uh, Medicare for all. I think she actually even said, somebody posted yesterday that she actually said yesterday. Here she's the Veep candidate. Something about how she one of the first things she was going to do was remove our Second uh, Amendment rights with some kind of it, what's really the play here? Because when you look at Joe Biden and the position he's in and the press conference today where she had to jump in because his cognitive abilities are so bad, Harmeet, people are wondering um, really what the long term play is. Typically, the vice president is kind of a meaningless thing. We saw that for eight years with Joe Biden. He had he 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 did nothing of worthy. He had so much time on his hands because he didn't do anything on behalf of this country that he was able to set his son up with all kinds of deals uh, in China and Ukraine. Um, this is a this is a nomination we need to be paying attention uh, to because of the situation with Joe Biden. Yes. Well, absolutely. I don't think there's much question what the game plan is. Uh, the, you know, the cognitive decline of Joe Biden is, is so striking. And, um, you know, I think he was even sharper during the debate than he is now by far. And so I think the intentions of the Democrats are, you know, Joe Biden is almost incidental at this point. It's really who they're nominating for vice president is really their uh, future of the party. And so, that future of the party has the face of Kamala Harris, and that tells you a lot because Kamala has spent her career shape-shifting, morphing into what she thinks she needs to be to get the next job and climb the ladder of success, um, never particularly doing any of the jobs she's had well. Uh, I can tell you as a resident of San Francisco for almost two decades, she was a bad district attorney. She was a bad attorney general who, did, who refused to defend many of our important laws, such as the bail law. Uh, she was a uh, person who did not care about the civil rights of Indian Americans. I can tell you that as a civil rights lawyer who pursued a major case against the state and won it. 
And uh, as senator, we all saw her pathetic performance. Uh, everybody was like relishing to see how she's going to do in the Kavanaugh hearing because she's so-called prosecutor. It was a pathetic, disingenuous, dishonest performance that she put on. So um, I don't, you know, she's highly overrated. She's, you know, attractive, articulate, uh, all of those things. But, uh, you know, I think Americans can see an empty suit uh, when, when they when they meet it. And I hope they will perceive that and vote accordingly. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to uh, research her family, you know, at all. Dinesh D'Souza has tweeted out a list of, uh, I guess, you know, her supposedly her ancestors in Jamaica, the Brown family owned uh, like 150 slaves or something. And Dinesh D'Souza was tweeting that out today. And I thought, if true, isn't that appropriate for the Democrats? That would just be keeping it real, right? The party of racism and the party of the KKK having the vice president here in the middle of the supposed Black Lives Matter justice movement to have somebody, uh, the VP of the ticket, with whose family has a history of slavery. I don't know if that's true. I do know she lied in the debates with her sad story about being bust at the same time she's got T-shirts printed out with her and pigtails on it. You know, I guess uh, being a liar is, is uh, the, the requirement, you know, the Democrats these days. Are you a good liar? I actually listened to her and uh, their duo debut yesterday in the car. And it's interesting when you don't get to see her, because I do think she's a really pretty woman, actually. Um, to me, you know, if you if you turn the TV off, she had all the charm and charisma I said of a tuna salad sandwich had been left in the glove compartment for a month. Um, so oh I'm not so <laughs> I like to paint a picture. Um, I think he was paint, painted into a corner or the Democrats were to pick somebody of color and a woman, which it, of its face here, we've got a movement, Harmeet Dillon, in this country of supposedly uh, against systemic racism. And then the Democrat Party discriminated against white women and discriminated against half the country who are men. And I guess that's that's okay now. Nobody's really talking about that part of it. Well, um, so first of all, in her background, I think you and I would agree that it's not fair to hold uh, somebody's ancestors many generations ago against them. And I certainly wouldn't do that. But the Democrats do that. So Mm -hmm. that just shows their hypocrisy is, you know, she's willing to talk about reparations and how, you know, college students who happen to be white are responsible for slavery, which is ridiculous, of course. So but hypocrisy is the name of the game with these people. Um, you know, what can I say? Uh, you know, when you have a vice presidential candidate who's absolutely shameless about having reversed her policy positions on just about every important position she's ever taken, um, you know, I, I, you know, the, they can't be shamed. You could sit there and list all day out mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the flip-flopping. They know that. They don't care. Uh, all they care about is pulling a fast one over on the American people. They think, oh, we can use this attractive woman to... Um, you know, get, t- take votes from moderates. Um, look, Republicans, this is game time. We have to do our job here and repeatedly point out uh, who we're dealing with here. And, you know, the same with Joe Biden. I think some of us, I mean, myself included, we tend to pull our punches because you see a feeble shadow of a man up there. But, you know, uh, you know the, the stakes here are pretty high. And I mm-hmm. think reminding the voters about who these people are and how they got to be where they are today is critical. Character matters and substance matters. And and in both of those categories, these two are well matched in that they measure up short. Well, absolutely. I'm not hearing enough, in my opinion, of let's keep it. Yeah, let's keep up the punching Biden uh, 
figuratively, of course, on the corruption and and how uh, this was a man who bragged on videotape about how he had, uh, you know, threatened a country and withholding aid from them until they they got rid of a prosecutor who was investigating his son and his corrupt dealings. We know that they were on what is Air Force Two or whatever it is the vice president flies on over to China, where Joe Biden got him hooked up with a, with a great uh, deal. And and I, from my understanding, Hunter Biden is still on the board of directors of that company that's it, that's a part of the Chinese government. This is a man who's absolutely corrupt, and we cannot have a president of the United States when we face this enemy that we have with China who gave us this Wuhan virus. The last thing that this country needs is a president who's as corrupt as Joe Biden is. And, and his dealings and how he lined the pockets of Hunter Biden is there's the brother, his sister. I mean, his whole family got hooked up. Um, and, and so we, we've got to make sure that we stay focused on that. The left really wants to make it all be about Kamala Harris. And I think that there's something to be said there because Biden is, you know, you know, struggling. He's not likely to make it. Um, but it, we need we need to go, you know, really hard hitting. And we all need to be engaged as Republicans and make sure that we are not just getting out ourselves out to vote. We're getting everybody that we know out to vote. That means we're getting on the phone with people that we know. California is not going to elect President Trump as president. The state is gone. But we all know somebody in the swing states in Ohio and Florida and et cetera. In a couple minutes I have with you, Harmie, with the convention coming up, you know, I know that you've spoken at it in the past. Um, you know, it's a shame that where we're at with this, the left has been successful in using the coronavirus to shut down our convention from what it could be. Um, are you going to be speaking at it this year? What can you tell us about the convention and, and, and what it's going to mean for, for us going forward? Well, I mean, maybe I have a different view. I, I, I don't blame the left for shutting down the convention. I blame China. I mean, I think, you know, what doctors are saying right now is that, uh, you know, large gatherings of people indoors are not a great idea. And the venue in Charlotte is a lar- is an indoor venue. And so it's going to be a much smaller crowd. And I will be there with, uh, you know, a few hundred people, maybe, maybe I think, 300 people uh, maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a large arena. And so there'll be plenty of social distancing. And, you know, I'm certainly concerned about my health and I don't want to bring home uh, this uh, terrible illness to my husband at home. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's uh, going to be a short event. Uh, we have an RNC meeting from Sunday through, sorry, uh, Friday night uh, next week through uh, Sunday. And then Monday morning, we will convene to do the solemn duty of nominating Donald J. Trump and Mike Pence for four more years, and then we will adjourn. I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of speechifying and mm-hmm. rah-rah there. We then have an RNC meeting to, uh, you know, have a second RNC meeting, which is the first RNC meeting of many people's four-year terms. And then we go home, and then later in the week, the president is going to accept the nomination. And I understand in between, there may be some nightly sort of Zoom-only mm-hmm. Speeches, that has not been announced or formalized as yet. And so okay. uh, that remains to be seen. Well, um, it, what would you like to say as we wrap up here um, to the Republicans? Because I think we've got to get out the vote and we've got to make sure with this with these push for this mail-in balloting going on, the left is doing everything that they can to steal the re-election from President Trump. And one of the things that I'm focused on on my show going forward, Harmeet, is not just complaining about what the left is doing and where we're at in this country, but to, to, to say, OK, that may, may all be true, but we need to get involved. We need to get active as Republicans and conservatives. We need to take responsibility as much as we can. And, you know, we can't all be you and God bless you for the fact that you work so hard all day at your law firm and yet you're still active and doing and, and as a 
part of their RNC. So can you can you wrap us up here with a call to action for every Republican or an even Democrat and even independent that voted for President Trump and wants to vote for President Trump and and to stop the left um, from taking control in November? We're going to be getting our ballots in another few weeks here in California. And even if you are stuck at home looking after your family or homeschooling your five kids or whatever it is, you got a phone and you got uh, the ability to call and make sure that every person you know who wants to vote for President Trump or who isn't sure fills out that ballot and votes and turns in that ballot in a way that it gets counted. I would recommend to everybody that we should make sure that ballots are delivered in person to a uh, polling place, if that's possible, rather than trusting them to the U.S. mails. I do not trust the mail, and I have not for many times. I would not trust any important document to the United States mails, nothing more important than your ballot. And so, you know, uh, the Democrats passed uh, ballot harvesting a few years ago. That, that's a done deal. It's not unconstitutional, uh, you know, and so we're going to need to um, get out there and, and uh, beat them at their game. We all have friends. We all have churches. We all have temples. We all have clubs. We all have, uh, you know, big gatherings that we can go to. And even though it's COVID, we all have social circles. Let us use them and make sure we don't leave a single ballot. And by the way, in California, uh, don't forget that the president, when he gets reelected, is going to need the Congress. And so make sure that young Kim and Michelle Steele and, uh, you know, all of our wonderful members of Congress um, are either returned to office or we get those seats back that we lost thanks to Nancy Pelosi's big spending here in 2018. And that's critical as well. So don't forget those and, and, and help close to home if, if that's your deal. Absolutely. Harmeet Dillon, thank you so much for all you do. I didn't get a chance to ask you for updates on loss, uh, lawsuits against Gavin Newsom. Next time we have you back, we'll, we'll have you talk about that. All right. You bet. Thank you so much. All right. Um, we're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to piggyback off of our discussion with Harmeet. And we're going to talk about if, if President Trump doesn't and pro- if we don't have a President Trump and a Vice President Pence, what's it going to look like for this country? Stay tuned. We're Andrea Kay. Show coming up. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Super excited to have you guys with me, including a new listener uh, commenting on Facebook Live. Darko Javetic. Did I pronounce your name right? Darlin Darko, who's uh, listening and commenting all the way from London. Blighty. Isn't that how they say it over there, darling? Love? Right? That's where uh, my ancestors are from. You are accurate. That's exactly how they say it. Oh, good. Pip, pip, cheerio, darling. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I like this new AK. <laughs> Stick with oh, it. Do you remember when Brexit happened? I spoke in an English accent all day long, and I ate scones. Um, joining me now is my buddy Don Jans, uh, who's here to paint a picture for you guys. Because, you, you know, I thought so many times those of us that are really wonky, we're in the weeds politically, we read all the political books, we understand history and all the systems. You know, that's been out there. We tend to use these labels and these words. One of the reasons why President Trump was successful in 2016, he got away from the labels. He didn't talk about being a Republican. In fact, he criticized the Republican Party and said both parties have been stupid when it came to bad trade deals and and immigration and not sealing our borders and protecting this country. He he ran as, as basically an American and he talked about restoring the greatness of this country. He painted a picture 
right? He painted a picture. He spoke to the to the the forgotten man and painted a picture of what it would be like under a President Trump uh, uh, um, presidency, which was a restoration of America. And he conjured up images of, you know, apple pie and you know the American flag and Fourth of July and manufacturing and people getting back to work and all that great stuff. So I brought on my buddy Don Jans tonight because I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking we got to get away from these labels like Marxist and all this kind of stuff because most people turn it out. They don't even know what it means. So I brought him on tonight so he could, using all of his, because you guys know Don Jans. He wrote the book, The Road to Tyranny and Brush Fires of, of Freedom. And I brought him on tonight to ask him to paint a picture for you guys of what, what what's America going to look like if it ends up with a uh, top of the ticket in Harris, because we don't even know if Biden's going to even be around six weeks from now. So my buddy Don Jans, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Andrea. Wow, what a wide range, uh, what a huge, huge topic. Well, and I know that you're the man for it. You don't have to do it in a British accent, but if you no. could do it, that would be that would be lovely. Um, but maybe not, because you know what we well, this country was founded on uh, pushing back against tyranny. We didn't want to be. We wanted individual freedom, and we wanted religious freedom, and we didn't want some government controlling our lives, which is what we've got right now. Absolutely right. And what w- what would happen? What will happen if if in fact? Um, the, uh, the left controls the election is we will have a continuation of the fundamental transformation that was begun by Barack Obama and forget forget political parties there is a movement in the United States today to totally transform United States Michelle Obama said we have to change our conversation we have to change our traditions our history we have to move to a new place as a nation So what would that place be? There's a couple of things that they always, always, always do. Number one is they always insist on conformity. What does that mean? We all have to think alike. We all have to have the same ideas. Speech is limited. Speech is controlled. The way that we're seeing uh, social media being controlled now would become rampant. In fact, it would probably become criminalized. If you and I had a discussion like we're having now, we would be speaking against the party and we would probably be under arrest. The other thing, a couple of other things that will take place is we will see an even more rampant destruction of the family. The family unit to this transformation, Marxist, collectivist, whatever we want to call it, this uh, to this movement The family unit cannot be strong. The reason it cannot be strong, in fact, they like to eliminate it, is because when you have a strong family unit, you have allegiances to people other than to the state. And they insist that all allegiance be to their party. Mm -hmm. It becomes paramount. The other thing that we would see happening is we would see uh, guns would be gone. I mean, forget guns are gone. And that would happen very, very quickly. How would they do that? Would do, uh, uh, they will confiscate guns, just like they confiscated gold in the, in the 30s. And Kamala Harris uh, and is talking about that, by the way. She, yes. Yeah. And, and Beto O'Rourke has already, has already defined this now. They will start with what they call the um, uh, weapons of destruction or the, the, the mass, the mass uh, weapons, the AK-47s and so forth. But it'll go down to everything. It'll, all guns will be gone. They have to. They have to because that's how they're going to control. They have to control the population. Our school system will change dramatically. 
if you think it's an indoctrination center now, you've seen nothing. They will rewrite the history. The teachers' unions will totally control the education system, so charter schools are gone. Private schools, unless they totally adhered to the curriculum, will be gone. They have to. No homeschooling. You won't be allowed to homeschool. Homeschooling will be gone. Homeschooling, yes, it, 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 that will be criminalized, as a matter of fact. And if, if we go down the road, I don't think we'll see it in the next four years. Mm-hmm. But as that would continue, you would see children being taken from their families mm-hmm. and put into school institutions and, and, and be indoctrinated in school institutions. And if you guys think that what he's saying is crazy, there was a teacher that tweeted out the other day, what are we going to do about this problem with these, uh, with this at-home learning to where we've got conservative parents paying, uh, uh, overseeing? We need to make sure that we don't have conservative parents uh, uh, watching and observing our, um, literally, this teacher saying this, we, we can't have conservative parents watching and seeing what we're doing uh, via Zoom because they're going to interfere uh, with our anti-racist and, and our BLM and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, carry on. Um, the, the other thing that we will, we will see immediately is we will see taxes increased. Mm-hmm. That will be the transfer of wealth within the United States. We will see the United States joining uh, the Paris Peace Accord again and transferring money from our wealth from the United States because we're the worst imperialist nation that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. And that will be transferred to two different uh, nations as, as they, as they um, deem. And folks, our sovereignty will be surrendered primarily to the United Nations and the rules of the United Nations, even to the point where we might have other, other nations' um, troops in our, on our soil mm-hmm. dictating to American citizens what we can and we cannot do. Yeah. That could take place in the first four years. Uh, that, that, it depends upon how much resistance there actually is. And I think, well, I, I think that that might happen, excuse me for interrupting, as a part mm-hmm. of the coronavirus. The way that they could usher in that more quickly would be a part of the, the coronavirus, that they've got to patrol, uh, they've got to patrol the neighborhoods, patrol the businesses to, for our public health, because they know that there's no vaccination coming. They're going to continue as the, as the mortality rate drops uh, and uh, cases, cases of people testing increase. This is, the, this is the only way that they're going to be able to continue to keep control over us. And that's going to also give them the justification getting back to the economic part for them to completely seize the uh, means of uh, control of the means of production uh, which they started doing after the coronavirus when these governors are telling businesses who's allowed to be open that's that's seizing control of the means of production that's page 94 out of, out of the communist manifesto so you cannot underestimate the complete economic collapse of this country. We currently have 33 million unemployed. We have entire industries being destroyed. We have New Orleans and, you know, uh, these Democrat controlled states uh, that are in the process of being are literally decaying and dying. And that's only going to get worse. Go on. New York is the, New York is essentially a dead city. Yes. Um, uh, Seattle's not far behind it. And Portland's right there as well. And Los Angeles is well on its way. Yeah. Um, we will, we will also see the, the control of businesses by the government. Now, I don't, see us, I don't see us in the next four years seeing many 
uh, industries nationalized. But I do see the boardrooms being controlled. Elizabeth Warren's already talked about this. Mm-hmm. She would she would be on this immediately, saying that that a, a certain certain size corporations have to have a certain makeup of boards, and that they would have to conform to certain um, uh, standards and so forth. We will see a an, uh, uh, an economy much like you saw in Nazi Germany, where they didn't nationalize the companies, but they controlled and regulated the companies. Which is the same so that thing. It was as if they nationalized them. Well, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. You don't need the pink slip if you're still if you're controlling it through all your regulations, which is which is what the plan is. Um, and right. in fact, and, and and that was actually the first step in what happened in Venezuela. Um, but when you're when you're you know talking, but they are in discussions of nationalizing like airlines again under. You know, they, if they can cripple industries and then the industries need money from the federal government and the federal government steps in and says, we're going to control everything that you're doing because you're taking money from the federal government. That's correct. It, it's 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 a scary, 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 scary proposition. What about violence? Let's we, talk about Antifa. Let's talk about the riots. How, how do we how will that play into? Will we see more of that down the road? Yes, initially. Initially, we will see more of that in the first year or so. We will see it. It'll be it'll be rampant. You won't do you, you, you'll be, be very difficult to go outside. The reason why you will see it is because then they come in and they say we can control this, but you have to give up certain liberties and rights so that we can control your safety. Kind of like uh, Black Lives Matter going around Chicago, these neighborhoods, and telling them, uh, you know, it's like organized crime. It's like the the Corleone family and, and Godfather. You know, we, you know, we'll leave you alone if you give us a share of the profits for protection. And 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 we the people will say, oh yes, yes, please government, please protect us. And we understand that we have to adhere to certain curfews. We understand that we have to adhere to certain speech limitations. We understand that we can't peaceably assemble unless we're peaceably assembling based on something that you wish for us to assemble. So we will give up all of these liberties and and, and that uh, will just, all be immediate. That will all that be, will immediate. be immediate. Hate crimes legislation. First yeah. Hate, first year. Hate crimes legislation. Removal of guns. Uh, you know, forget our, you know, uh, assembly. You know, that's why you, you that's why you can go to a strip club right now, but you can't go to a church. You know, we can right. forget about our religious liberties. Our religious liberties will be gone. There are two things that will be there are two things that will be totally, totally eradicated. The Constitution of the United States and the Bible. Which go they hand in the hand. Two, they are the two biggest enemies of the of the Marxist collectivist movement. Absolutely. And th- this, folks, don't say, oh, Don, you're talking out of your hat. No. Go back and look at history. It happens every single time, my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't have time to get into it. We're going to have to leave it there. But the Islamists are going to play a, a role in this as well. And that's why that's why the left, uh, you know, is pushed, uh, you know, to bring in. Um, I saw an interview this weekend. I'm going to uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he is a uh, former Muslim who converted to Christianity and said that uh, if you look at what Barack Hussein Obama was about, it, you know, how he signed his executive orders with his with his uh, ring uh, declaring uh, Islam is the only true religion. 
religion uh, that his game plan of bringing in the Muslims in here was, you know, um, it's all a, a Marxist scheme. Uh, you look at Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and everything that the that the that Islam is all about. It's about a centralized system of power. And so, you know, the, the, it, it, we tend to forget about the Muslims that are here in this country and how many are here. But they're going to play a role. They have partnered with the Democrats. Um, and so um, we, we need to keep our eyes on that that aspect as well. Don Jans, thank you for being here. Uh, you paint quite you the picture, so but it's important for people to understand. It, you know, yes, um, it it's absolutely important. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Andrea. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk about Bill Barr. And Trump says he's got an opportunity to go to be one of the great to go down as an average guy. And uh, it's important that we, we talk about that because we don't want we need conservatives. Don't give up hope. Don't go. You know what? I'm not going to vote for President Trump because I'm upset about A.G. Barr and anything that might happen with that. Did you hear what Don Jansh just said? This is what's at stake in our country. We're going to talk more when we come back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Oh, A.G. Barr. The pressure is on you, my friend. Uh, I'm not sure who, who the, there's more pressure on, A.G. Barr today or Pierre Delecto. Mitt Romney was outed as, remember how we were telling you guys about Ron Johnson was on with Hugh Hewitt yesterday. He's the uh, head of the Select Committee Department of Homeland Security. And Hugh Hewitt was like, dude, why have you guys not subpoenaed Jim Clapper, uh, Jim Comey, uh, John Brennan, and all the rest of these liars who launched a coup, an illegal coup, a, the greatest scandal and cr- crime in America's history? Why have you not subpoenaed them? A brought them you know to, to justice and do some accountability here oh well i got these people on committee that just you know holding things up well guess who's been outed pierre delecto mitt romney himself uh no big uh shock there um but i think there's pressure now on uh the committee to actually do the right thing and start start subpoenaing these people they must be held accountable you think they uh, will I, I think that i think that they will now i think to hugh hewitt put some pressure on i think they're not going to have much of a choice uh and then at the same time that's going on um and this guy Johnson is saying, well, you know, uh, you know, I've got to respect the rules of the committee. I guess they've got some rule that because the, the head of the committee could subpoena. He doesn't, you know, technically he doesn't need the agreement of those on the committee. So people are like, well, dude, you know, then do your job. Get a subpoena and bring all these people in. Right. And provide answers to the American people who elected President Trump. This is spitting in the face of the voters, man. Uh, and Johnson's like, well, I need to respect. I feel like I should respect the committee. No, you need to respect the voters you need to respect the rule of law okay because this man was free and fairly elected president of the united states of america and a coup attempt was launched in the summer of 2016 after he was elected again and continues to this day and nobody's been held accountable for it and that gets me into bill barr who trump came out against and put some pressure in and said hey bill barr you've got a chance to be either being one of the greatest attorney general or just an average guy depending on whether or not you do the right thing and hold some people accountable and not just some low-hanging fruit and low-level people so thank you president trump for putting pressure on bill barr we're gonna be back tomorrow night 6 p.m pacific time Peace out. Love you all.